Good morning, church. <clears throat> One of the reasons why this church has this environment and atmosphere that we are experiencing this morning, which is phenomenal, is because of the leadership that has brought us to where we are today. And that's a good thing. <clears throat> but <clears throat> the reality of it is, God has plans for us. For this church, He has plans for the Maddox family, and it's, gonna, it's exciting where we're going to be going. It's incredible. So this morning, I want to share with you the importance of the, the Word of God. Let me share with you, first of all, the text that we're going to be focusing on. And if you used your devotional book this morning, you've already read this text. But let me share it with you this morning. It's in the book of Genesis, chapter 2, starting at verse 15. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden and watch over, to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. And then we drop down to chapter 3, verse 1. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it. Or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. <clears throat> God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful. And its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. And then she gave some to her husband was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. <clears throat> the word of the Lord. When I read that text in my preparation for this message, one of the things that stood out to me was that the Adam and Eve had... Eve, Adam had received, and Eve, and he had shared with Eve the Word of God. And so something came to mind to me, and <clears throat> I just want to share a little personal reflection and story with you this morning before I get into my message, and it's about the Word of God. I don't know if you're familiar with this Bible. It's called The Way, The Living Bible. I became a Christian while I was in the military service after serving a year and a half in the military. There's a lot of stories I can go on this, but I'm going to be focused here, Okay. But um, so anyway, when I got, when I was in the military, my mother sent me this Bible. Mothers are good at that, for keeping you on track. And she sent me this Bible. And so for the year and a half that I had left in the military, I took this Bible to the post library, studied it. I took it in the back of the barracks and read it out loud because I wasn't real smart. And so I had to read it out loud so I could get it. It was just like incredible. Just fed on the Word of God. 
And so here I was, I was getting ready to be discharged from the military. And I was sitting in my duffel bag waiting to be taken to the airport. And I, and I had struggled with, stay in the military, What's my, what, what am I supposed to do with my life, God? <clears throat> I talked to the re- recruiting sergeant, and he sold me a bill of goods. <laughs> and so they always do, they're used car salesmen, actually. But, <laughs> but so I, I listened to him, and I thought, well, there's some options out there. And I said, God, what do I do? So I opened my Bible, I opened my devotional book first, and I opened uh, that devotional book and read the devotion, and it took me to the scripture. And this happened, I got it dated here, June 19th, 1975. And some of you are like, well, that's ancient history. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but, but I read these words. These are the words I read that morning, as I said in my duffel bag. Exodus chapter, three, chapter 13, verse 3. Then Moses said to the people, this is the day to remember forever, the day of leaving Egypt in your slavery, for the Lord has brought you out with mighty miracles. <laughs> so here I am today. <laughs> behind, behind me are 39 years in the ministry. The Word of God set me on that track. So this morning, I want to talk to you about how important it is to hear the Word of God, to listen to the Word of God, to be obedient to the Word of God. Our text this morning is incredible. And in Genesis chapter 2, we read this story. And they're instru- here, were, here were their instructions. Just be obedient. Just be obedient. You know, if you, if you <clears throat> and because I just love the Word of God, I, I'm going to stay there for a minute in that Word of God. And, because what I did is I, I went ahead and looked at the Word of God. Where, where did it go from here with these two, Adam and Eve? Well, you, you, if you know the Scriptures, you know, Adam and Eve gave birth to some sons. <clears throat> and then in the Bible, we read uh, some genealogy. We read about Noah and the ark. And then we read more about genealogy. And you understand why genealogy is always in there, don't you? Because God loves people. That's why it's there. After that genealogy, we get this Tower of Babel. That's a there's a story to spend some time with. It's like, what? <laughs> but, and then we get to Abram. Abram. He's Abram first. And then it just, wow, the Word of God just takes off with people. So each of, these, each of those situations leading up to Abram, starting with Adam and Eve, have a lesson about humanity. And it all started in our text this morning. There's a critical lesson contained in our text. You might want to write this down if you write anything down this morning. Three words. People are funny. <laughs> Pastor Rick, where's Pastor? Pastor Rick can relate to that. In the, in the, in the ministry, people are funny. <laughs> yeah. I actually still say that sometimes. <laughs> but let me expand on that uh, critical lesson. People are funny. The critical lesson contained in these passages tell us that humanity is always in search of another choice other than what God presents to us. You hear that? It's important. Humanity is always in search of another choice rather than the way of God. Just be obedient. Specifically, we're looking at two people in our text this morning, Adam and Eve. They're attempting to establish a relationship with their creator, God Almighty. These two people are placed in paradise. 
paradise. I don't know what you think of paradise. My brother-in-law and I, we identify paradise in Costco. <laughs> you ever been to one? I mean, dude, you, you walk in, it's like, oh. <laughs> Costco. It's like, what more do you need? <laughs> I, sorry, I'll go back to my text. Back to our text. So Adam and Eve are in this place where they're told not to eat from this one tree. That's, those are their instructions. Now, the exact dialogue well, can actually be debated, as many issues in, in many areas of the Bible can be debated. But we do know humanity is in the picture. That's critical. Humanity is in the picture. And in this picture, a stipulation is presented by God the Creator. Don't do this. Which was, in this case, don't eat from this given tree. That's incredible, you think of it. Here are Adam and Eve. This is all they had to do to please God. Think about it. They didn't have to worry about adultery. There were two of them. <laughs> they didn't have to worry about jealousy or envy. No. It just be just do this. <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> so it just tells us a little bit about who we are. It can be really simple, but we can complicate it. The question is posed and placed in their mind. Did God really did God really say this? Hmm. See, that's all the enemy's got to do is get doubt in there. As far as I'm concerned, the story's real. It happened. And there's a valuable lesson for all of humanity. A valuable lesson concerning one's relationship with God. And that lesson is just be obedient. Just be obedient. And the, and the continued lesson for all of humanity, for us today, is to be obedient to God, the Holy Spirit, the words of Jesus Christ. See, it's during such a time as Lent that obedience is clearly demonstrated by Jesus Christ. Jesus' journey to the cross called for obedience. Jesus demonstrated obedience throughout his ministry. In Matthew chapter 4, an incredible episode in Jesus' life, we refer to it as the temptations that he faced in chapter, one, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Jesus faced those temptations in the wilderness. And there was, there was three areas of life that we're all fascinated with. First, there's food. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Mike Travis likes food. <laughs> and Jesus is tempted. Turn these rocks into stone. He said, no, nah. And he, he quotes scripture, the word of God. Secondly is, secondly is protection. You know, jump from the highest temple and God will rescue you. Quotes the word of God again. And then fame. All of this can be yours. What is Jesus? Again, the defense that Jesus uses, the word of God. He doesn't come up with a clever statement, a bumper sticker, a t-shirt, or anything like that. He quotes the word of God. Is this world full of challenges or what? 
Do we need faster internet? Do we need more tools? Do we need more resources? You know what you need? You need to know and obey the Word of God. How does the believer combat the challenges of obedience? The Word of God. The Word of God provides, provides for us directions on how to, how to get through this world, how to navigate all of the things that come into our life, all of the challenges. There's an incredible passage of Scripture, lots of pas- incredible passages, but I'll just say that just to get your attention. But, uh, <laughs> just pay, see your paying attention. Ephesians chapter 6, there's a passage of Scripture, and... Um, let me just read this passage. It's, it's <clears throat> Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, and he's writing about the armor of God. I don't know if you ever spent time with that armor of God. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you ever took time to dress yourself in the armor of God. Wednesday night, and Ash Wednesday, I was referring to that Lord's Prayer tool that I use. <clears throat> There's a portion of that Lord's Prayer where it takes you through actually dressing yourself in the armor of God. It's a good idea. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 6, and I'm going to read it to you, starting at verse 10. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firmly against all strategies of the devil. That's what we need, isn't it? Amen. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle... You'll be, you will be standing firm, standing your ground. Put on, stand your ground. Put on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all of those, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fierce arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You want to be strong in obedience to God? <laughs> the only weapon you need is the Word of God. You see, in, your devotion, in that devotional reading, I hope you're taking time to look at this morning, the writer in the water of the way, for the way, points out that the enemy wants us to move, wants us to move away from an intimate relationship with God. Where was the downfall in our text in Adam and Eve? They moved away from the intimacy with God. It's through our willingness to indulge, which means to saturate our mind and our life with the Word of God. When, that's when we become intimate with God. By indulging in the Word of God, does one then grow? intimate in their personal relationship with God. And, you know, let me just share a little personal note here again. As my wife knows, it's always dangerous when I go off script, but, but <clears throat> I thought this through this morning. So after 39 years in ministry, my wife and I, when I retired and she retired, we said, you know what we're going to do now for our Sunday mornings? We're just going to go around and experience. We grew up in, well, not we grew up, but we spent a lot of time in Eriksville, Denison. 
going to all the pastors. I'm just going to be a church hopper. <laughs> we hopped twice. <laughs> and then we came here. And this is our church home. You're our family. My wife loves it here. I love it here. It's okay. <laughs> She's the people person. I can't help. I'm still there, okay? As a, Pastor Rick can relate to this. I'm still there. I'm like, I hope nobody asked me to do anything. <laughs> well, here I am. But, I know. I know. That's what, it's, exactly. But we live in a day and age. We live in a day and age where people are looking for alternatives as, to, as opposed to this kind of a gathering of being with God's people in a place like this. I am so glad we found where we are at. And there are so many other people out there who need to realize this place is right on their doorstep. They're all around us. This is a great place to be on a Sunday morning. You're a great people to be around and to interact with. As long as my wife, I got my wife there to put me up front, put her in front, you know? I don't talk to anybody through my wife. Uh, just teasing. But so many people want to avoid this kind of experience. It's rich, it's good, it's powerful. Because you see, it is in a place like this that we learn how powerful the Word of God is. The Word of God, going back to our Ephesians passage. Paul said, it's the, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, <clears throat> that can be understood in a defensive way as a weapon. However, the Word of God as a sword can also cut into our own personal comfort and our own personal confidence and call us into question. And cause us to be discomfort, uncomfortable. And cause us to realize, you know what? There's something I need to extract from my life. There's something I need to rearrange in my life. There's something I need to do in my life. It's not easy, but I must do it. And I'll cite for an example. There are many that we could cite, but because it's fresh in my mind. You know, do you think it was an easy act of obedience for Pastor Mark Maddox to say, we're moving? Mm-mm. It wasn't. It was difficult. It was very difficult. It was challenging. But what it is, it's a person who says, as uncomfortable as it is, I'm trusting the Word of God to be obedient. We honor that and pray for that person. And pray for the future of this church. The word of God as a sword can cause discomfort to us. It's not something for us to attack others with. But it may cause major, dis major discomfort in our life. But again, we go back to Jesus' experience with temptations. And Jesus recited the word of God. Now, what's intriguing when you go back to our text, Genesis passage, it's really intriguing to me because you read <clears throat> this Genesis passage and Adam and Eve, the only basis and foundation was available to them was the 
spoken word of God. And where is it the enemy attacked and did some twisting and turning in their understanding? It was with the words spoken by God, by bringing doubt upon their only resource available to them, the spoken word of God. If you look real closely at the text and take some time and depending on what version you're looking at, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, God's telling Adam these instructions. Then if you look in Genesis chapter 3, 1 and 2, Eve is receiving the words from Adam. That could be the problem. <laughs> How many husbands can hear testify? And I ask you to do this morning. Go to the store and get this, this, and this. And you come back to the store with that, that, and that. It's like, none of this. I didn't want any of this. I wanted this, this, and that. You know, we, don't, we don't hear well. <laughs> so Adam's telling Eve, um, yeah, I think it was this tree. Yeah, well, could have been that one. Ah, yeah, well, anyways. <laughs> so Eve's like, we're not supposed to eat from this. So people get really uncomfortable when you begin to use the word of God and, and kind of say, well, there might be some variations there. The, the truth is, nobody was there recording exactly what was said. There is some wiggle room here in dialogue. What we do know, but here's what we do know. You read the story and you can't get away from the fact. Here's what happened. Humanity violated obedience. Bottom line, that was it. That was it. You could get all kinds of lawyer language in there, but obedience was violated. And today, for us, we have the Bible, the Word of God. It should not be news to anybody here this morning. Some people distort the Word of God. <laughs> During my undergraduate work at Alabat Nazarene University, the leadership missed some teachings for ministry. Yeah. One of the things they missed is about parliamentary procedures and conducting a board meeting. Something you're going to do once a month for the rest of your ministry career. <laughs> and you spent one day on it. <laughs> but one thing I was schooled in was when you present the Word of God, spend time studying, praying, and show respect because it is the Word of God. Because you see, it is within the Word of God that believers navigate in one's given culture now and forever. Do you have that slide? Is that slide available back there? That's important. I think I made that a slide. Didn't I make that a slide? Yeah. Nope. Okay. That's okay. And important words, though. It's within the Word of God that believers navigate in one's given culture. Because you see, the Word of God will always be relevant. It'll always be relevant. I don't care how fast the internet gets. I don't care how many planets we land on. I don't care what they bring back from outer space. <laughs> the Word of God will always be relevant. The Word of God contains some very delightful expressions that communicate the very purpose and meaning of God. Psalms 119, verse 105, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. What more do you need in a dark world? In a world that doesn't really want 
to advance the truth of God at times. It doesn't. But your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. You look in the book of Hebrews again. It captures the essence of the word of God. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, <clears throat> we read these words. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. That can be scary, but it's necessary. Again, it's that sword cutting in where sometimes we don't want it to be. You go on. You go on in that passage. The next verse is powerful in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. Verse 13, nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he's the one to whom we are accountable. I can't help but think that writer of Hebrews was reflecting back on the story of Adam and Eve that he'd heard about so many times and thought, this is what the Word of God did. Yeah, it exposed our nakedness. That's not hard. <laughs> but it revealed to them, you're going to be accountable for these words. You see, God gave to his people the Word not to trap us, not to restrict us, but to have liberty and freedom and living with him and for him in this world today. It's interesting to me how a writer in Hebrews, so many years after, the experience that we read in Genesis still captures the essence of what happened in Genesis. You just didn't listen to the word of God. You weren't obedient. How important the word of God is for every Christian. During this season of Lent, I hope you'll take the time as we travel through Lent. You have that, if you, hopefully you have that devotional book to look at the Word and to spend time in the Word, the Word of God. Because you see, it's based upon the Word of God and our involvement in it that will reveal our intimacy with God and how important He is to us. Does the Word of God have bearing upon the choices that you make in your own personal life? During this journey of Lent, invest oneself in the Word of God. The rewards are eternal. The worship team is going to come at this time and play some music. I have a benediction to read after their song. I want to ask you to stand and perhaps you are at that something, something clicked this morning perhaps. Maybe this altar is a place where you need to be this morning to say help me God to establish in my life the importance of that word to be more intimate with you as, this, as the worship team sings this morning.